Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Kelly Wisness. Hi, this is Kelly Wisness. Welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. We're pleased to welcome Jason Povio, who serves as President and Chief Operating Officer for Eagle Telemedicine. In this role, Jason has oversight over all aspects of the business, including operations, program implementation, post-implementation support, credentialing, as well as marketing and business development. He has a diverse background in systems engineering, along with broad experience in healthcare, working in large, integrated healthcare systems in a number of operational excellence and executive positions. Jason received his Bachelor of Science in Industrial Engineering and a Master's of Science in Engineering Management from the University of South Florida, along with several graduate certificates in Quality and Change Management. He also holds a Lean Healthcare Certification and is a Lean Six Sigma Black Belt from the University of Michigan. In this episode, we're discussing our financially broken healthcare delivery and how we can fix it. Thank you for joining us today, Jason. Thank you for having me. That was uh, quite the introduction. I I appreciate the time and uh, look forward to the conversation. Great. Well, let's jump in. So, Jason, let's start with you telling us a little bit about Eagle Telemedicine. What are your priorities as president and COO? Um, you know, what is Eagle Telemedicine's mission? Sure. Uh, so, to start with, um, Eagle Telemedicine uh, is a professionally managed, full-service telemedicine organization Uh, We've been driving virtual clinical service innovations for nearly 15 years now. Uh, We started uh, many years ago with hospital medicine and have expanded over the years uh, into 17 additional specialties by focusing on strong collaborative partnerships, uh, really centered on creating patient-centric service models. Um, As I said, we do offer 17 medical subspecialties now nationwide. Um, And we do this by developing highly tailored clinical models with very low capital investments required by our clients. There's really no uh, IT or um, information security interfacing or integration that's really required. Uh, We offer a TechFlex model. Uh, We do partner directly with our hospital and health system IT departments uh, to securely access host systems where the care really takes place. Uh, We truly believe in one patient and one chart. As far as my priorities go, um, I'm really uh, centered and focused on fulfilling our mission. Um, I work to foster a dynamic culture and develop talent um, that's really going to help drive Eagle forward uh, into the next frontier of telemedicine, Um, really trying to maintain a position as an industry leader. Uh, I'm responsible kind of on a day-to-day basis for guiding the organization um, and uh, seeking new and innovative care settings to continue to drive access to care. Our mission um, can really be understood uh, by boiling it down into three simple words, lead, collaborate, and serve, something we created uh, last year and I'm really excited about. Um, But we really aim to lead our industry in building strong collaborative partnerships uh, and creating access to care by serving the underserved. So um, I could continue and, and go on and on, uh, but I know that we've got other <laughs> questions that I'd love to get to. Awesome. That sounds very impressive. You've said our current method of healthcare delivery in the U.S. is financially broken. What is breaking it? 
Uh, enormous costs, um, the maldistribution of access to care, uh, inappropriate utilization, fraud, waste, abuse. <laughs> um, it, it's kind of hard to distill it into, into one single thing, but um, you know, I believe a, a fundamental restructuring of payment policies with the introduction of, of new and innovative delivery systems is really required uh, to get us back on the right track. Um, you know, of course, if, if we don't solve for or find some solutions or pathways for what I've continued to say is the inescapable math problem of physician and nursing shortages, none of that may matter. Um, in my personal opinion, um, it, it really is the lack of alignment between the three stakeholders in healthcare. Healthcare really boils down to these three stakeholders. You know, it's the, it's the patient who's seeking care. It's the caregivers who provide the care, and caregivers can be individual physicians, systems, hospitals, and the like, and and the insurers who pay for the care. Each of these stakeholders kind of really have a different goal or aim uh, in this equation, uh, with the caregiver and the patient probably being the most aligned for most of the time. However, there can be some, some substantial goal divergence at times. Um, you know, we could spend an entire hour discussing these concerns, um, especially as it relates to health insurance companies, um, but we can probably save that for another time. Uh, you know, telemedicine is, uh, in, in the overall history of medicine, you know, medicine dates back, what, 2,400 years or so. Uh, telemedicine is relatively new, uh, but it's been around for quite a time, quite some time. Um, it's evolved, and the technology is really driving uh, advancements. Its impact can be felt in many measurable ways, um, purely by driving down cost and creating access to specialty care, uh, not previously available to many, especially in rural, uh, rural America. Um, but it can also play an important role in, in volume management or utilization uh, for the number of care settings. So... Um, I think it really plays an important part of how we're going to drive things kind of forward. No, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, who is being adversely affected the most by our current system? <laughs> uh, patients. Uh, I mean, it, it, a one-word answer, but patients. Um, it's it's really uh, the lack of access um, to to care, timely care, uh, the right specialty of care, um, and then the the burden of of the debt. Um, you know, our system is really affecting patients greatly in their ability to get the appropriate care where they are, when they need it, how they need it, um, and in a cost-effective manner that can continue to um, really propel them forward on, on, on the path of, of getting themselves uh, in a better place, with, especially with chronic disease conditions like diabetes for example, um, and, and proper management of that um, so that they can stay healthy, stay out of the acute care setting and kind of reduce the burden on the system at, at large. Completely agree. And I actually knew the answer to that question. I was like, yes, I got it. <laughs> um, what? We're all, it's funny, even even those of us that are in healthcare, I mean, we're, we're patients. Yes. We have experienced frustrations. We have gotten a bill. <laughs> yes. We have seen services denied. And, um, and if any of us have uh, live in certain areas, have tried to seek specialists, you, you know that that can be difficult and, and you can wait a long time to to get in to see the physician. So it's, um, 
It's frustrating. It's, us. it's the yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what can we do to fix this broken system? I assume telemedicine can help. Uh, it can. Um, if if I had the ultimate answer, though, I would be um, on an island somewhere, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, my own personal island. But um, continue to innovate. Um, we, we really need to foster innovation and driving new care delivery models. Uh, we've always said, and when I say we, I mean Eagle, we've always said that uh, telemedicine is the great equalizer in healthcare. Uh, really disrupting the status quo. Um, it, it helps to redistribute care um, and significantly reduce costs a- across the industry. Um, now, telemedicine um, or telehealth, I mean, it's a very broad category. And, and Eagle, we play in, in a few different domains within that. Um, but there's just so much opportunity to drive uh, care uh, through through remote technologies. Most definitely. Do you have any examples to share of how telemedicine is making a difference in the status quo? Um, certainly. I mean, you know, a couple come to mind. I think the, the first of which is probably more for our financially minded uh, audience members. But, um, you know, a hospital system that, that we've worked with um, was really struggling to staff their nights across multiple locations. They really struggled to recruit and retain talent. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all humans and working nights is not the most pleasurable experience, right? Um, you know, they had on average, I think roughly a base uh, expense rate of somewhere around $2,300, $2,400 a night uh, per hospital um, to try to staff uh, with physicians. And they did so with disparate resources, the utilization of locums, overburdening employed staff. Um, I mean, we've all kind of heard that that story. And they really struggled to kind of manage standards of care with too many transfers of patients. Um, it's really easy at night, uh, either with a locums or with an overburdened physician to just um, want to transfer that patient to a different level of care rather than, than take them in, in-house. Um, and, and a nighttime telemedicine solution was designed and implemented that really helped to standardize care across those locations and certainly stabilize staffing with a small pod of physicians. Um, you know, we, we, we developed what, what we called stay-go criteria as an example, which really helped to identify when a patient can stay and when they truly needed to go. Um, so, you know, patients were able to get their care close to home. At the end, you know, transfers were reduced by, it was somewhere between 30 to 40%, um, and so really increased the, the patient census there. Patients received that care close to home. Loved ones didn't have to travel to see, you know, mom or dad. Standards of care were, were monitored and managed. Uh, patient satisfaction scores improved. And, and again, for those CFOs that may be listening or, or other financially minded individuals, the expense base really reduced uh, materially. It was it was just over eight hundred dollars a night, um, roughly on average for those same shifts that were costing uh, twenty three, twenty four hundred. So, you know, average savings of what is that? Well, about 50, yeah, about fifteen hundred 
uh, per night and 365 nights a year. That's got to be, got to be close to $550,000 per hospital. So, you know, that is, that is a materially material cost savings for the, the hospital so that they can reinvest in, in other resources um, and continue to provide care to their communities. You know, so that's more of like maybe a financially focused example, certainly with some quality elements and aspects to it. But, you know, another one that came to mind was uh, working with a safety net hospital. And if anybody knows about safety net hospitals, I mean, they kind of care for for everybody that, that can't seek care elsewhere. And um, they manage a lot of care for the underinsured and, and um, non-insured patients who struggle to receive that care. We we helped to develop a model for being able to dialyze patients when they showed up to the emergency department um, and eliminate the unnecessary transfers of those patients to, to other facilities. Um, we're cu- currently working with them to try to take that farther upstream and develop a, a viable outpatient uh, community-based solution to really create access to dialysis uh, to avoid the emergency department visit altogether. Um, now, you know, that's obviously a struggle because that there are finances involved in that and have to understand where those come from and be stewards of those precious resources. Uh, but it's exciting to be involved in organizations like that or that are trying to drive an improvement of care uh, within their community. So, I mean, these are these are real impactful outcomes um, simply by leveraging the capabilities of what we can offer through telemedicine. Those are great examples. Are are you seeing a higher adoption rate of telemedicine in hospitals the last few years, uh, particularly in rural hospitals? So yes, um, it's we we sort of uh, went through a period, obviously through COVID, uh, where there was a an extreme uh, increase in utilization, particularly for in uh, infectious disease and critical care services. Um, and so those were obviously directly correlated. They were linked to uh, the uh, uh, virus itself. Um, but coming out of COVID, uh, we've seen a bit of an explosion. Um, I wouldn't say that it necessarily adoption, adoption has increased, but I, I wouldn't say that that's what was the catalyst. It was, I think COVID showed everybody that that this could be done with, uh, with good quality and there started to be this thought process about where else can it be applied? Um, and the needs are coming from all over, um, certainly rural hospitals, but even major metropolitan hospitals. Um, and, you know, examples, an inability to manage uh, non-malignant hematology patients. Uh, these are patients that that certainly have a, a blood disorder or or something going on. It's not malignant, and so you know they're they're less of a priority than their malignant uh, counterparts. And and oncology practices are overburdened at the moment. And so, as an example, we've seen a tremendous increase in requests for managing and servicing uh, hematology clinics uh, across the country. Um, I think rural hospitals are starting to think about how this can be applied uh, in in the community more from an outpatient uh, setting perspective. And so there's been a lot of interest and a lot of movement towards multi-specialty outpatient clinics where a rural hospital can uh, maybe take advantage of resources invested in like a brick and mortar location, leverage staff in a way 
and, and manage capacity to actually offer access to a variety of specialties um, throughout the week uh, to its community. So it's um, it's been exciting. It's been fast paced uh, for the first time in Eagles history. We have actually had to formalize kind of a recruiting uh, effort and strategy uh, for physicians uh, we're very successful at it, but um, given the increased adoption, um, it's it's been a, a wonderful roller coaster uh, ride for us. It does sound like it's been very exciting. Um, specialty coverage is a big part of the growth in telemedicine, um, and you mentioned earlier that Eagle offers 17 specialty coverage areas, everything from telecardiology to telerheumatology. Where are you seeing the strongest demand for telemedicine right now, and is there any reason for that? Uh, yes. <laughs> so um, the, the specialties that are that are seeing the biggest demand are the specialties that have um, a higher prevalence of chronic disease. Um, I think one of the unfortunate uh, outcomes uh, or undesirable outcomes from the pandemic was the lack of care uh, for patients um, for that had chronic diseases. And so they, you know, these patients went for long periods of time without seeking care or getting managed management. Um, new onsets weren't diagnosed timely. And so um, I, you know, I think we just have a situation where you, you have a ton of people in the country who um, really need to to get that care to get their chronic disease under control. And so a few of the specialties that, that have really elevated have been rheumatology, for example, um, and, and helping to manage patients not only in the clinic but in infusion centers. Hematology, which I, which I mentioned, um, cardiology, and uh, endocrinology um, and uh, diabetes management, for example, um, have been some big ones. And, you know, it's for us at Eagle, I mean, again, very mission-driven organization, um, the, the intrinsic value of being able to develop and design cost-effective solutions for communities across the country to help create that access um, and, and to do so in very uh, collaborative ways where we're partnering with local physicians in in addition to um, being the sole provider in many cases um, has been really exciting for us um, as as we're uh, continuing to grow. Yeah, I bet it is exciting times for you all. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jason, and for sharing all these great insights on a very important topic. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I, I, I love being able to talk about Eagle, talk about what we do and, and how we're impacting care across the country. So I really appreciate uh, the time today. Yeah. And if a listener wants to learn more or contact you to discuss this topic further, how best can they do that? Uh, the best way would be to navigate to our website. Uh, www.eagletelemedicine.com. Um, there's a ton of information to be to be consumed, uh, from case studies to all of the different solutions that we offer. Um, and then there's easy ways to uh, to get in touch with us uh, to discuss any of the needs that that you may have. Great, thank you for sharing that with us, and thank you all for joining us for this episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. Until next time. This concludes our episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help protect and optimize revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.